Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You book study. My name is Morrissey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019, and we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Into Action. We're on page 76, and we'll be reading and commenting on the second paragraph. Important numbers. Yesterday, 7 a.m., share ID. 13,828. That's 13,828. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 13,830. That's 13,830. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Vicki V, would you please read OA's 12 Steps? Yes, thank you, Maura. Hi, this is Vicki V from Long Island, New York, recovered sugar addict and compulsive overeater by the grace of God today. Here, we, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for letting me um, do service, and I pass. Hello. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
Lane C., would you please read the 12 traditions? Yes. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my fellows. Lane C., recovered compulsive overeater in Rochester, New York. The 12 traditions. Uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. Their service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, since the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction, Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service, and thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Lane Okay, hopefully I can be heard more clearly. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will time, but please do time yourself, and I will give a reminder when you're about out of time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting and a clear recording, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action and we are on page 76, the second paragraph which begins when ready. And we are going to be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Martha Z, would you please get us started? Good morning, Mara. This is Martha C. Thank you for your loving service. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character 
which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. So steps six and seven are quiet, reflective steps. So in the paragraph before, we said the six-step prayer. God, help me to become willing to let go of all the things to which I still cling. Help me now to be ready to let you remove all of my defects so that your will and purpose may take their place. So we said that to help us become ready. And when we're ready, we say the seven-step prayer that I just said. So my creator, I'm now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. So we're not just asking him to remove the bad stuff, but we're just going to give him everything. And um, then we pray that he removes from us every single defective character which stands in the way of our usefulness to him and our fellows. So I think about, like, sometimes my disease will say, well, if you're recovered, you shouldn't be afraid or, you know, you shouldn't be um, angry or any of that stuff. But we can model how we use the steps uh, with our selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear in our step tens so that we can get recentered. Um, and we also, the other thing is that a thorny character defects help keep us close to our higher power and um, doing the work of staying sober. So the other thing is um, one of our big book teachers always talks about a dimmer switch. And he talks about, the way I look at it is I, when the, um, the faith is turned up, so there's more light, that our defects get turned down, and I, and I see that them as being directly proportional. And um, so I think about in the OA 12 and 12, it says, uh, God, with your help, I can change. But I like to think about it more the way that AA Daily Reflections says it. And, it, and it, in there it says, with your help, I am changed. So um, anyway, so our step six and seven become our step one for life. So once, you know, our higher power has removed our obsession, that we're just as powerless over our defects as we were over the food, and that he can do that for us as well. So then I say, grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. So we ask him to remove our defects, not so we can be perfect, but so we can be more useful to others. And then the last part, amen. So with the third step prayer, we began the process, and, and we noticed that there was no amen after that. But the amen comes at the end of step seven. So anyway, that's all I have. Um, thank you for letting me share. Um, have a blessed day. Thank you, Martha Z. Okay, so if you have not shared in the last couple of days and you would like to share, Please press star one. Give me your first name and last initial only. Don't need to know where you're from. Jason. Tina S. Jason K. Jason K. Gotcha. Jason. Melissa C. Anyone else? I've got Jason K. and Melissa C. Tina S. Tina S. And Janice P. Janice P.M. Anyone else? Barbara E. Barbara E. All right, we'll start with five. Jason K., Melissa C., Tina S., 
Janice PM, Barbara E. And if you're not Jason K, would you please mute your phone? Good morning, Jason. Jason? Good morning. This is good morning. Yes, hi. This is Jason K. Ricardo, compulsive eater and bulimic outside of Philadelphia, uh, just like our previous caller. Uh, and this is such a beautiful part of the book. Um, the seven-step prayer is just such an, a, an amazing construction of uh, spiritual principles. And the first line in this paragraph says, "When ready, you know, we've come to this process. We've gone through steps one through uh, six at this point. You know, we've made a searching and fearless moral inventory." admitting what's objectionable, um, and, and when ready, what does that mean? It's that when we have this willingness um, to do this process, this willingness to change and to be changed by a higher power. So I love how this opens, when ready, and then it says, we say this prayer, this is into action, even though it's a prayer, we're saying this, we're saying this with um, somebody, a step guide, a sponsor. And I think there's power in that, in being witnessed and, and making these surrenders uh, and stating these intentions and inviting God into our life. You know, we do this with other people and we say, my creator. And those giving us another concept for our higher power. You know, does this concept work for me, my creator? Well, I didn't create myself. I didn't bring this world into existence. So sure, that resonates within me. If it doesn't resonate with you, use a word that resonates with you. Um, but Bill, Bill gives us many, many um, ideas and concepts of the higher power. Um, the father of light, um, an all-powerful, infinite being. Um, so we, we get many, many options and um, different phrases and concepts that may work for us, that may open our hearts and our minds to um, the power and presence of God, which is what this is about. Uh, and I love in this prayer he talks about um, being useful to others. You know, this is a book of spiritual principles and spiritual way of life. I always used to pursue um, happiness. I thought that was the American dream, the American way. Happiness, pleasure, I was impulsive. This was fleeting and minimal. The big book says time and time again, we're trying to be more useful to others. We're, we're tolerant of others because that will make us more useful. We're trying to increase um, and to be of maximum service and use to others. To me, this is such a great turnaround to start focusing my mind. How can I be useful to others? How can I be helpful to others? And then, you know what? Happiness is a byproduct of that. But it's not like a fleeting happiness because I bought a new car or I got the girl. It's a deep, deep sense of, of um, peace, inner peace. And then he says, give us strength to do your bidding. I used to ask God, honestly, to give me strength to do my bidding. You know, I said, God, help me with this woman. You know, God, help me with this job. Help me get what I want. But guess what? This isn't what, that's not what recovery is about. I have a new employer. I'm working for God. I submit and surrender to that process, you know, uh, and I say, and, and, and it's from this attitude of humility um, coming from our first step experience. We can't live life on uh, the old terms and conditions, you know, so just like we get terms and conditions for, you know, iTunes music, we're, we're, we're signing the new terms and conditions. Uh, we're reading these carefully and studying these closely, uh, unlike Hi. our iTunes terms and conditions. Um, so this is what we're signing up for, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jason K. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Tina S. Hi, good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um yeah, I love the seven-step prayer. You know, the, the the whole wording that I'm giving myself, 
you know, to God, to my creator. And I'm giving all of me, like, my good and my bad. And, you know, because I really, I don't know what's good and what's bad. I only know what I can see. And, you know, my my creator sees all. So, you know, what I think is bad um, might still be useful, and what I think is good might not. So I give all of me, and um, and I no longer try to force away the things that I find objectionable, but it's but it's an offering, you know, to allow myself to be changed. And and God really changes me. He continues to change me, but it's always according to his time, you know. And when a defect um, stops feeling comfortable for me is, is one part, but when it stops um, having usefulness for the greater good, that's when it gets removed. And, you know, but I was taught also that this is not just a prayer that I say and um, and then just do whatever the hell I please. You know, like I can I can pray, oh, God, please, stop, you know, help me to stop doing blank, you know, and, and go right on doing it, you know. But God gives me, you know, when I did my inventory and God helped me shape my new ideals and for me, I think about it like a behavior plan, almost like a food plan. And it's kind of my, it, it's my responsibility to follow, you know, just like I have to follow a food plan, it's my responsibility to live in agreement with my behavior plan. And, and I pray really as a reminder to myself that God has this new plan for me. And, um, you know, the things that I continue to practice over and over again, um, God can't remove, you know, I feel like if I keep doing the things that I know are objectionable and I keep praying, it's, it's a wish. It's, it's not, not a real prayer, but God does change um, me as I practice new behaviors. You know, those new habits, they, they started, they become who I am, you know, and this whole process is about transformation so that we can be useful. And um, and it really has happened for me, but um, it's slow and it's in God's time. And thanks for that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Tina S., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Maura. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida, and uh, ditto, 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 the people that just shared, you know, and I always say this, but it's the truth, I'm so grateful that, you know, I feel a, a part of, and uh, and I really can relate to the shares, and, and, you know, and I too love this prayer, and but I love the paragraph prior too, because, you know, step six is, am I entirely ready, you know, that's why the beginning of the sentence says, when ready, you know, and if I'm not, it gives me some instruction on what to do. You know, we we ask God to help us to be willing. You know, but bottom line is, my when I was done doing the fifth step, I was I was ready. I was willing to have this crap be removed. You know, but I love the shares of you know, you know God. You know, it tells me that God removes my defects of character as they stand in the way of my usefulness to others. You know, but I too, like was just previously said, I am responsible for doing the next right thing. You know, I cannot go out and do all this. You know. Um, 
give stuff and expect to have God remove defects of character when I'm, you know, because, you know, I was always told that I act my way into right thinking. It's not the other way around, you know, because if it were, you know, I'd be pure snow right now, you know, <laughs> because that's the way I think I am, you know, but my actions, you know, are what really are, are um, evidence of my behavior, of what I, who I am, you know, and, um, you know, it, you know, one of the things that, that I was always taught is, you know, not to have an expectation here because I did and I do, you know, I am human just like it has been said, but I conten- continually, when I say this prayer on a daily basis, try not to have an expectation of what I think that God should remove. And it was just said, you know, so lovely. You know, I think there are certain things that stand in the way of my usefulness to others, but I'm not God. So he removes the ones that really do, you know, and I suit up and I show up and I do the next right thing, you know, and not perfectly by any means. And whether I want to or not, because most times, you know, well, not most times these days, but a lot of times I don't want to, but I just do it anyway. But the gift is, the gift is that God removes those things that block me and stand in the way of my usefulness to him and to others. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Great stuff. Thanks, Tina S. Janice PM, it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning again to you, Mara Z. This is Janice PM. I'm a grateful recovered, <clears throat> pardon me, compulsive overeater. I'm going to read the step uh, first. It says, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Well, I put a little word in there, and it's, but it doesn't say it. It says all our shortcomings. Now, does that mean I want him to do all my shortcomings right away, and then I'll be, you know, sprinkled with pixie dust, like Larry Kay says, and I'll be okay? No. All, to me, meant don't hold back on any behavior or uh, behavior or thinking are doing what you didn't want, what you kept. Now, of course, if I'm not honestly, entirely honest in steps four through six, I have a problem. And I did have the problem because I held back on a certain behavior and I asked God to remove it. But I didn't want it to be moved. I really didn't. Yeah, and even with the food sometimes, I, I bargained. Well, you know, you know, I have a food problem, you know, supposedly, but it's not a food problem. It's the isms of the of the compulsive overeating. And, uh, you know, you can do this, but, oh, i I, I got to still hold on to this. You're never going to remove it until we're ready and it's going to be hurting others and hurting my higher power, whom I choose to call God. Now, that's what it says. So, because, you know, if he's going to remove it all, I don't want to be a saint, and I'll never be a saint, and certainly I'm not God. So I have to be entirely honest, or else I have to go back and, you know, uh, really pray. Now, something happened yesterday. Now, I had a shot. I, well, I, still, I, I don't have it today. The shortcomings of not returning the call. Now, I'm humbly telling you this. And I used to say, well, I used to make an excuse. Well, they, they know I'm not. But, you know, but I didn't realize how I could be harming that person by thinking, oh, she doesn't like me. Uh, who does she think she is? I'm thinking of all these things. Well, 
I had an experience with an old sponsor that she's been calling me and calling me. And finally, she says, you know, I'm very worried. Well, anyway, um, I called her back, and you know, and I, I did a step 10 with her because that's one of my shortcomings that after all these years <laughs> in the program that I became aware of. So God must have known. She really wants to. She wants to not have that shortcoming. And it was removed. Now, by hook or by hook, I'm going to call back people because it probably did somehow. And, it's, and the, the principle, my shortcoming is, I'm going to name it, and that's inconsiderate. I'm very inconsiderate when I don't uh, call somebody back that took their time to call me. So you see, it, it always works sooner or later until I'm aware of it. And uh, when I know that I'm harming somebody, I start to get guilty. And then God says, okay, Jennifer, are you ready to change your behavior? Are you ready to acknowledge that you must call them back if you can and not give any justification and rationalizations just because you get the call? So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Mara. My turn. Thank you, Janice PM. Barbara E., it's your turn. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service and everyone else out there. While for, for me, while working on the previous six steps, I've been stripping away the age-old layers of denial, ego, self-centeredness, and other liabilities that consumed me when I was active in my disease. When I arrived at step seven, I was ready to stop thinking so much about what we're going to get in life and start looking at what and how I can contribute to others in the world. When it comes to working step seven, the quality of humility really breaks down to having a reasonable perspective of myself. It's quite simply seeing the truth of my life and my place in the world. In our terms, it's the art of being right-sized. And when I humbly ask my higher power to remove my shortcomings, I'm recognizing that I'm neither too big nor too small. Gone is my self-entitlement, my grandiosity, my shame, my regrets, my unworthiness. I've always taken, I've actually already taken my first act toward humility by admitting my powerlessness and unmanageability. Typically, when practicing step seven, for me at least, humility is not a state of being in despair or groveling, but a state of peace and serenity and acceptance of life. But it takes work, action, and our work is simply me means let using our energy to be disciplined and committed to the pursuit of our goal of long-term sobriety from food issues and recovery and to stand up our, for ourselves, to be patient or to accept the emotional discomfort of my new behavior. When I catch myself in a shortcoming and changing a reaction works, the more familiar I become with the shortcoming, and I started to notice it. 
the great news for me is that when practicing humility, step seven really gives me a sense of my own humanity and the ability to have compassion for myself and for others. Putting step seven into action means when I consciously gather the courage to say no to the requests of a friend who wants to guilt or shame me into saying yes, or actually working my program of recovery, when I set a boundary or pause when I'm agitated and practice restraint of tongue and pen. This is a time. huge Oh, perfect timing. Restraint of pen and tongue. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, so we are on page 76 in the chapter Into Action, and we're reading and sharing on the second paragraph. So if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, would you give me your first name and last initial only? Katie G. from Boston. Ginger C. Ginger C. Katie G. Katie G. Jazzy. Christina K. Christina J. Katie M. Gen Z. Beth W. Was that a Gen Z? Yes. And Beth W. Okay, that's what I've got so far. I don't know if I got it right. I've got uh, Ginger C, KDG, Christina J or K, Irene M, Gen Z, and Beth W. Ginger C, please start us off. Hi, Maura. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just going to go in a place where I might lose cell coverage. So if you could let Katie go and I'll try to get back on. Okay. Katie G, are you available? Yeah, I just need one second. Hang on one second. Okay. Hi, this is Katie G, recovered uh, compulsive overeater. Um, Let me just take a minute. I guess, you know, when I first did step six and seven, what I was told, the most important things that I was told you know, it was about the amen. So everything from step three to seven is a prayer, right? And a prayer is, um, you know, talking to God. And so I'm talking to God and I'm, I'm seeing what are the things that block me, right? And um, um, to do his bidding. So what is bidding? His orders. And it's not about getting these character defects removed because I'm uncomfortable, um, and I have to be honest, my application of six, step six and seven didn't really come when I first did it. I, I go back to step six and seven every single day, right, because I'm doing four through nine, and I'm looking at what are the character defects. And let me tell you where I've messed this up. I've messed this up because, believe it or not, KDG from Boston is a controller, okay? And so I don't trust people. And so I thought that I could control my way out of being, not trusting people, right? So I thought, okay, I'm just going to make myself not do this, and I'm going to get up every morning, and, and this is when I'm recovered. I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to commit to them. I'm not going to do this behavior. I'm not going to do this, and I would do it. And it led to such a level of insanity that I almost wanted to eat. Eating seemed like a step up. And I remember calling a friend, and she, she said to me, Katie, you can't do it that way. It doesn't work. 
So what I can promise you as a recovered woman today is I can say to you, and I was talking about this with a dear sister yesterday, my defects of character changing has been like watching hair grow. It's been very slow. But what I can tell you is that the, the controlling, the selfishness, the, um, the unkindness of my words, thoughts, and actions has decreased in frequency, intensity, and duration. <clears throat> so this last Saturday, I had a lot of feelings going on, a lot of feelings. And I wanted to take those feelings and shove them, because it started with fear, <clears throat> wanted to shove them all over husband. Right, all over husband, you take this. You know what I did? I locked myself in my room. Right? Did I did was I perfect? No. No, but let me tell you, last year what I would have done is taken the feelings and shoved them all over husband and then been making a mess. Right? And so the hope here is as I continue this beautiful cycle of four through nine, four through nine, four through nine all the time, and then I say, God, you know, I'm still doing this defective character, show me, show me, help me align my will with yours, soften me, right? And so I continue to surrender my will to God and to surrender, stay entirely abstinent and continue working these tools and process so that God can change me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Ginger C., are you ready now? I am. Thank you so much, Maura. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Uh, this seven-step prayer, this amazing prayer, God, you know, I offer myself completely over to you. This is what we're doing. God, who would you have me be and what would you have me do? It's pretty simple. But I have this mind that always has twisted thinking and takes me in other directions, and then I get disturbed and wonder why. Mm, you're driving again, Ginger, like go of the wheel. So, you know, here we are with this new day, this new beginning, and God, who would you have me be? What would you have me do? How can I be of maximum usefulness? And, you know, really all the 12 steps are based in humility. I got to be out of ideas. I got to not be thinking that I'm that much and that without God, you know, I just can't be doing this stuff. And I love Dr. Bob's plaque that he had on his desk regarding humility. So that's when I'm doing really well is when I'm in this state. And it, this plaque that's on Dr. Bobstadt goes like this. It says, perpetual quietness of the heart. It is to have no trouble. It is never to be fretted or vexed, irritable or sore, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me and when I am blamed or despised. It is to have a blessed home in myself where I can go in and shut the door and pray to my Father in secret and be at peace. As in a deep sea of calmness when all around and about is seeming trouble. And that, I think, is what we're after every day. And thank God we only have 12 steps. It's so simple. I just have to follow it precisely, exactly. You know, and I heard a lady share the other day about a question. You know, this all begins with entire abstinence. If you're eating, if you're finding any effect at all whatsoever in that food, it's not going to happen. You've got to say goodbye completely. You may be uncomfortable at the beginning. But like another person said, I felt freedom pretty quick because this allergic component no longer was killing and coming in. 
And then I just got busy, and then more transformation, more transcending happened. But you got to say goodbye to the food. So if you think you're okay having a little bite here and there, you're not. You're not. And it's something that you really need to be honest about and checking in because if you're wondering why it's not happening, this could be the biggest problem. You're dismissing the most obvious. You're still seeking an effect from food. And God wants all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And Christina J or K? I think it's J. Yeah, it's Christina J. Thank you, Maura, for your service this morning and everyone on the line. Uh, Christina J., compulsive overeater, recovered here in Washington today. One day at a time with God's grace. So this, for me, is a paragraph of complete surrender and freedom. My creator, it's such a humble and honorary place once you get through that fourth step and fifth and sixth and you're raw to start this prayer with my creator. You're just completely surrendering to this new way of life, this new relationship, and you're talking to the to the grand creator inside, outside, all around. I mean, for me, I was. Um, please take all this stuff from me. It's been standing in the way of my usefulness to you, my fellows, my life. I need your strength. I can't do this alone. I want to do your bidding. I want to do be of service to others. At this point, I was ready to be of service to others because all my crap was standing in the way. And this is a prayer we can do anytime. This is a prayer for every day. This is a prayer when all that stuff comes up. Fears. I, I don't have to have them anymore, you see. I'm giving all this stuff up. I'm creating a new relationship right now. I'm... I've been forging this relationship, and now I'm asking God in to run my life. What a fantastic thing. I get to rely on his power. When the fears come up, I can do the fear prayer. Surrender and relax. I know you've got this. What's standing in the way is my ego. I want it all in now. I want it all in now, and I'm not willing to wait for your time. Oh, but now, yes, I am. I am. I don't have to jump on tables anymore to get attention and love. I don't have to uh, feel like I'm not cherished or respected. That's all old paradigms of my past that I found in my in my fourth step. The sadness and the struggle and the exhaustion of that. Here I am at step seven, and I'm surrendering, and I'm going to find freedom in this prayer. I'm letting go. I'm saying, okay, I'm walking this road with you, God. This is it. And you're going to help me because you're going to remove all this stuff. And you're going to give me strength and I get to do your bidding. This is a brand new way of life. And there's such comfort in this paragraph. My usefulness to God is my goal. And when you can get to that point, you can get out of your own way, the life begins to happen. And it's such a relaxing, peaceful life. I encourage anyone that is out there still struggling with themselves. You know, and I'm going to finish up with this. There was some movie years ago. It was about a golfer. And they kept telling him, you're in the way of yourself. You're in the way of yourself. You're in the way of the freedom of the swing, the swing of that golf club. So we get in the way of that swing of God's will in our life. Time. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Christina J. 
Edini M, it's your turn, followed by Gen Z. Good morning, Edini. Good morning. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. In step one, just like when I was ready and willing to put the food down, I put the food down. There was a death of food. In step three, just like I was ready to put down my ego, there was a death of self. And now I'm ready to complete the decision I made in step three. I have given me, myself, and I to him, to God. I'm ready to take step seven for today and hereafter, you know, to continue every day of my life with this decision, repeating this beautiful prayer many times over and over again. And, yes, it's a process and not perfection that, you know, we live these steps. These are filled with beautiful principles. And we do them over and over again. I continue to pray because I am still powerless. I'm always going to make mistakes, but thank you, God, I'm never defined by them anymore. I pray with expectation that he will answer my prayer, knowing that he can and I cannot. And it's, my, and it's on his time. And it's this expectation is based on my belief, on my faith, that I know he wants me to be useful to others. And he wants me to be as he would have me be by removing my character defects. So I use the serenity prayer. What can I change? What can I do better? And how I can do it? and know what I cannot change. And then at the end of this beautiful prayer is amen. What does amen say? What does it mean? So be it. It's a contract with God to do his work, being humble and giving credit where credit is due. I give all myself to him, and he gives what he would have me be. God lifted my obsession with food and replaced it with his word and nutritional food for my body and soul. He lifted the rage that I had with calmness. He replaced it. The anger with love, the depression with happiness, the self-pity that I had with a healthy attitude of myself. He lifted my way of thinking to his way of thinking. He blessed me with honesty and humility and so many more. And, you know, it, and it's, it's all a process. Time. And I thank you, God, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Edini. Jen Z, it's your turn, followed by Beth W. Good morning, Jen. Hi, this is Jen Z from Kentucky. Good morning, and thank you for your service. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I love, love, love this prayer. I love the timing of this prayer, especially. We've just gotten out of step four and five when we're vulnerable. We've just um, announced our grosser defects to another fellow or another person. And I don't know about you, but growing up, I had a very very punitive God, um, view of God. And so I spent 
my life hiding my dad from him. Um, I would talk my good, but I would hide my bad. And so just coming out of step four and step five when we're vulnerable and we've just um, revealed our growth or handicaps, here we are saying, I am now willing that you should have all of me. I'm not hiding from you anymore, God. I'm giving you my good and I'm giving you my bad. This is super important because we're about to embark on steps eight and nine. And talk about vulnerability. We're about to go out into the world and uh, share with them our regrets, share with people our regret of how we've treated them. And for me, I really needed a sense of acceptance for my higher power before um, I did that because we're not supposed to beg for forgiveness from these people. We are to approach them with humility and sincerity and with deep regret for how we've treated them, but we are not to beg for their forgiveness. And having an acceptance from a higher power, a God that accepts my good and my bad now, um, a loving God helps me to approach people with a a God confidence that I never had before. So I, I love the timing of this prayer coming out of step four and step five and going into step eight and nine right before we're supposed to go out into the world and uh, reveal our wrongs to people. Um, the other point I wanted to make, I've been in the program for four years, and when I, when I started uh, the first time I went through this, it says, I pray you to, that you now remove from me every single defective character which stands in the way of uh, my usefulness to you. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed every day, and I didn't move on to seven, eight, or nine until every character was removed. Well, guess what happened? I'm sure I don't have to tell you. I relapsed. And I realized now what I was doing was treating God like Santa Claus, like I had done so many times before that. God, I want this. Please give me this. Please give me this. Except I was doing it through prayer. And so I was praying my way, praying my will on God. Um, I have to be patient enough to let God do things on his timing. And so I say this to you so that if there's someone who's just going through the steps and they're waiting for their character defects to pass, before they go on to seven and eight. You're going to relapse. Don't do it. Just be willing, and that's enough for God, for God to take it away. And it will happen on his time, but you just keep going on with the steps and just have faith that it will happen. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Spot on. Thank you, Jen. Okay. Uh, Beth W., it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, my name is Beth W. I'm from North Dakota, recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? It's a really bad connection today. Sorry, yes, I can. I'd already muted. Oh, great. Thanks. Um, I don't know. There's really a lot of noise on my line today, so I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, I um, love this prayer, too. I, I use it every day before I leave the house. Um, and... I wanted to also mention the word amen means so be it or it shall be so. It's a word of hope. You know that we are um, truly trusting, you know, that, that God is going to do this for us. Um, and uh, and, it, and it's, a, it's a completion word. It's like, okay, I'm giving it to you, God. Um, so be it or it shall be so or it's going to happen. I believe this, you know. God's got this. And um, I... I didn't know that God got that. You know, I I knew what the word amen meant, but I didn't really live into that. I didn't really trust that God was going to remove these 
defects of character. So I was going to do it. I had to do all these things. And, and it was going to be on my time. And, uh, and when I finally relaxed enough, you know, let my shoulders drop down a little bit and um, breathed. You know, I um, once had a counselor say, do you realize you haven't exhaled since you've been in this room? <laughs> First, that wasn't exactly true, but she said, just blow it out, let it go. And when I finally have learned to just exhale and let out what um, I've been holding in for so darn long and let God fill me up um, with good, clean breaths, um, then I can really live into so be it, it shall be so, and uh, let let uh, those defects of character go away in their time, in God's time. And it's better. It, it gets better. You know, every day, uh, maybe not every day, but, you know, over the course of time, I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm growing into the woman I think God wants me to be. And, um, and if I can look down from a 10,000 foot view and look at me, I can see that um, I'm growing and blossoming into a new woman, um, more peaceful, calmer, gentler. Um, And I think that's who God wants me to be. And I think that's the life God wants me to have. And and so amen, so be it. That's all I have. Thanks. I'll pass. Okay, thanks, Beth W. We have time for two three-minute shares. Who else would like to share today? Um, Dina L. Dina L. And before Dina L, there was who? Um, M. I'm not understanding. You spell your first name for me. It's on A-N-N, and it's M for monkey. Okay, on M and Dina L. Good morning, on M. Three minutes. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much, and thanks for taking the taking my uh, share. I really appreciate this. Um, yeah, I love this, and you know the power of the 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 step is, you know, the the step is all in one prayer. Um, and it's such a beautiful prayer. I really, really love this. The um principle behind step seven, you know, is the humility. Um, and and it just shows me, you know, the power of my higher power. That my higher power can remove this, you know, once I once I take the actions. Um, and it's been humble to um to be, you know, to to take step four to infantry my my character defects. Um, and to bring that to the light in the step five by sharing that with with another recovered member. Um, and being willing, willing in step six to have this removed and then humbly asking my higher powers this beautiful prayer to remove my defect. Um, and that's, that's the transformation because I can't remove my own defects of character that are blocking me from my higher power and my fellow men and that are causing me to, uh, you know, to, be, to go into food or to go into behaviours or to not be free. Um, and once I'm willing in step six, and humbly asking in step seven, my higher power has the power in his time to remove this defect of character. Um, and it just shows me how powerful my higher power is um, to, be, to, be, um, to be able to transform. It's that transformation part. You know, that's what recovery is. It's about transformation um, from my old, old character defects that are blocking me 
to have them humbly removed in step seven and I get connected to my higher power and to my fellow men. Um, and then I get all the all the sunlight of that spirit, which is what I'm looking for and what recovery is. Um, so I thank you so much for your service and thanks to everybody on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, on M. What a lovely accent. Dina L., it's your turn. Dina L., star one, please. Dina, we don't hear you. Was it Christina and not Dina? Uh, this is Christina L. I did put my name out there. I thought it was Dina. There's my cold ears. Thank you. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> Christina, go for it, dear. No worries. That's so funny. That is my sister's name, though. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so, good morning. This is uh, Christina L. And I wasn't expecting to get in there because I didn't think I got hurt. So, anyways, this is Christina L. from Florida, um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, one of uh, one of the oh, let me just get my thoughts together. <sighs> what I really want to look at in this this paragraph, I love this prayer. I pray it every morning. Um, is what it doesn't say. Um, it doesn't say that I need to read a book on my my character defects before moving on, and it doesn't say that I need to pray a litany of telling God what character assets I want and what ones I want Him to remove. And those were some of the things that I had had to do um, when I'd done seven steps in the past with uh, previous sponsors who were who were unrecovered and everything, um, who hadn't, you know, followed the directions as they were in the big book. And, um, you know, that didn't get me anywhere. You know, I believed that I would have to do these things in order to recover and stuff and it didn't it didn't do a thing for me. And one of the things that I that I learned um about this step is what it says, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Um, and to me that means that God's not going to remove every single one of my defects. There are some defects that that will that will serve a purpose here and there. And, you know, maybe the like I heard earlier someone say that, you know, the the um the volume is just turned down on them and they don't really they're not really there. They're they're still there, but they're just not they're just not loud. Um but when I do the work and when I when I when I do the work as outlined in this in this book, then all sorts of remarkable things happen. Like uh, yesterday I had a moment where um, I was at work and I had to talk to a co-worker about something that I had told her one thing and realized after talking to my boss that, that she can't she can't do that. And, um, you know, I was able to admit that I had told her something wrong and um, we were able to work it out without any of my character defects getting in the way of where I would have gone and ratted her out and told told my boss that it was her fault and, you know, I would have swept it under the rug and ignored it and everything. And then, um, two, just a conversation with my husband last night that, you know, I, I need to know what um, what boundaries um, he wants me to have when I'm making phone calls. 
um, because that's something that I've done to harm in the past. And um, and I was able to to have that clarity because there was a lot of there was a lot of defects getting in the way. There, Time. there was a lot. Oh man. <laughs> okay, thanks. I passed. And I'm sorry, Christina. I muted too soon, and I coughed through your share. My apologies, dear. But Christina was our last share of the day. Thank you, Christina. And um, so now, um, thank you to everybody who shared today. We had a great meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Important number. Today's share ID, 13837. 13,837. And, uh, of course, that's for today. And today is uh, Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. So we will now close with the reading from uh, just for today. And, uh, excuse me. Wow, that was a memory from old. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Allison L., save me, please. Please read from page 164. I sure will. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Dayton, Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.